everyone. Welcome to A Court of Books and Booze, our basement book club. I am Skylar, also known as the Skywalker, and today I am joined by Jessica. <laughs> and? And my very best friend, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> We're back on good graces. Yeah, and I'm just Jessica. Just yeah. Jessica. <laughs> He's trying to mix it up. Uh, yeah. Right. So he just leaves something out. It's okay. <laughs> Together, we are going to summarize the current book that we've all been reading separately and dive into a discussion on all the questions and hypotheses that have plagued us through our journeys. And, of course, we're going to drink. Each episode will be about a new book that we have completed. It may be a standalone book or a book in a series. So, this week we read Cersei. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get in depth about it. Maybe or maybe not. I don't know. I don't think uh, opinions in this room are very high, but. But first, Sky, what are you drinking? I've got uh, the Collective Arts Strangers in Fiction. It's a uh, 5.5% porter. Thank you for including that percentage. For all of our listeners out there, just so you are aware, 5.5%. It's getting crazy. What you got, Amanda? Um, Skylar introduced me to The Dude's Rug. (laughs) All right. It is hard cider with tea and chai spices. And I was pleasantly surprised when I tried it last week, so... Of course, I asked if there were any left, and I will be taking a trip to the local liquor store in the near future. (laughs) It is good. It's an expensive four-pack, though. You know what? I had a rough week. (laughs) Sometimes you make those sacrifices. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Special occasion, bad day type of ale. I'm good. So, that's what I'm drinking, because today was a long day. I love you guys so much, and I love all your kids so much, but I am tired. Yeah, understandable. What about you, Jessica? What are you drinking? Uh, well, uh, right this moment, I have a Trenta strawberry acai. Yeah. Oh, I've heard of those. <laughs> it's a Trenta strawberry acai refresher made with apple juice and no ice. I'll mm. probably have... Smirnoff ice after this. So. Solid choice. Yep. Solid choice. That is where we are at. I know podcast world, especially how we're doing this, is weird with current events. But, do you guys have a good week? You know mine was not good. But how was yours? Listen. Listen. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. <laughs> Can I pause you real quick? Because Skylar has been using the listen, Linda, on our daughter <laughs> when she's, like, getting fussy, you know, or whining or complaining or, you know, doing what a two-year-old does. And she gets so mad, and she's like, I am Sora, not Linda. <laughs> I am not a Linda. You know what? One day she'll understand. <laughs> what the French toes? <laughs> <laughs> so, so old. Oh, memory lane. I love it. How was your week, Sky? So, 
I was I was just telling Amanda about this earlier today. We've been doing a really good job about just like setting one small goal for the afternoons when we get home and accomplishing them, which is which is I mean kind of big for us because we have a real hard time just accomplishing the small things and getting them done. Yeah, we get we get a big long list and then no time to do it and it's really overwhelming. So this week one of the goals was to get the shelves hung up in the office and get the office finally put together. Turns out our walls are aluminum studded and putting the shelves up has become just this whole hassle. Well, yeah, because we've got the big desk underneath, so it's tricky to even like hold them against the wall to put them in. And it's not a desk that you can just like get on, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not like that sturdy. So we've had to like lean over the desks and hold these heavy ass shelves up against the wall. And we finally think we're like going to get them screwed in and we've got the studs marked and we're all good and we go to screw them in and it's just like open behind half of them and the other half we can barely get through because come to find out they are yeah aluminum studs and not wooden so how long have you lived in this house five years five years Mm. so i mean it's just the basement i I was gonna ask like if it was it aluminum throughout the whole house or just downstairs no it's just the basement and you know it's something that if we had really like thought hard about it we would have realized it because in our unfinished rooms the aluminum studs you can see them Mm. but it was in one of our finished rooms so we there's we just didn't think about it right so now we've got to go get like specialty anchors and yeah so it's just become more of a project than just a little quick accomplishment it kind of puts a damper in the it makes it way more daunting right just getting it done like oh we were on a roll Mm -hmm. yeah so that so, was real, real frustrating this week. <laughs> well, and on top of the shelf fiasco, I had to unhook my editing computer, and then I lost the power cord in the mess of the office because everything's on the floor. And well, we don't know how. I mean, it's not like you took it away somewhere. Mm-hmm. The, the computer remained on the desk. We scooted it three feet, and somehow. The power cord went missing. I lost a, a surge protector somehow. Gosh. It, it was weird. Wednesday was a day. We got I, a Bermuda I, Triangle going on down there. I have never felt just so defeated by by one project all at one time in my life. You were so sad. I was... I, I Yeah. Yeah. I was sad. Defeated. That was Kyler's week. <laughs> She laughs. I love that. Well, it makes me, you know, we're on the same level because my week was horrible too. So, oh, just so, so much going on. Mm-hmm. Amanda won't get lunch with me on Friday. I'm so. not there on Fridays. <laughs> he's always like, he's like, where are you at? Are you in Elkhart? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And he's like, oh. Well, and well, maybe next week. Don't you not take lunch breaks too? 
I mean, we get a break if we don't have a patient in. Mm. So there are certain occasions that we hate to do, but when someone has to get in because they're post-surgery, we'll use like a lunch spot and then my lunch time is very limited, but typically it's about an hour. Oh, gotcha. If things run smoothly. Yeah. That does not happen all the time. Understandable. (laughs) So this week was testament to that. Mm. So... There's just so many things going on right now, and it's the new year, so there's new things going on with insurances, and sure, tra- things are trying to catch up on from being insanely busy over the holidays, and so it's a hard struggle of feeling <laughs> like, again, things are not getting accomplished when you feel like you are trying and working to do that, but it feels like a very minimal dent in a big, long list that you can't even notice. Yeah. So... I'm just exhausted. Just all around. All around. Spending the day with your kids, though, was fun. I did enjoy spending the day with your kids. I needed a day, like, out. And it was fun to watch them have fun. Yeah. Because they had a blast. A day to just worry about being carefree a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's always going to be there when you go back, so. Yeah. I need to just remind myself to take those days, so. Yep. Don't bring your work home. (sighs) Don't bring your work home. Yeah. I'm talking to both of you. Don't bring your work home. Well, Skylar and I are the same person we figured out. So, <laughs> yes, that, is that mentality true. we also share. So, absolutely. Plus, I work with my mother in law. That's true. So, whenever she's up here, that's like. They leave me out. <laughs> <laughs> They'll sit here and go over work things and, and they leave me out. Yeah. I feel like I'm guilty of that too. Like every time we like go hang out with my boss, who's also my cousin yeah, and we just go on a rant and his wife and Nick are just looking at each other like, do you know what they're talking about? No. Okay, great. (laughs) Me either. So, all right. Do we want to dive on into this? Got to sometime. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about it. So, this episode is over the book Circe by Madeline Miller. It was released in 2018. We've got 393 pages. It is a historical fiction. And we've got a handful of trigger warnings, which include... Violence, murder, death, torture, child abuse, mentions of bestiality and incest, rape and adultery. So, getting that out of the way. In the house of Helios, god of the sun and mightiest of the titans, a daughter is born. But Circe is a strange child, not powerful like her father, nor viciously alluring like her mother. Turning to the world of mortals for companionship, she discovers that she does possess power, the power of witchcraft which can transform rivals into monsters and menace the gods themselves. Threatened, Zeus banishes her to a deserted island, where she hones her occult craft, tames wild beasts, and cross paths with with many of the most famous figures in all of mythology, including the Minotaur, Daedalus and his doomed son Icarus, the murderess Medea, and, of course, wily Odysseus. But there is danger, too, For a woman who stands alone, and Circe unwittingly draws the wrath of both men and gods, 
ultimately finding herself pitted against one of the most terrifying and vengeful of the Olympians. To protect what she loves most, Circe must summon all her strength and choose once and for all whether she belongs with gods that she was born from or the mortals that she has come to love. With unforgettably vivid characters, mesmerizing language, and page-turning suspense, Circe is a triumph of storytelling, an intoxicating epic of family rivalry, palace intrigue, love and loss, as well as a celebration of indomitable female strength in a man's world. Cool. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Thoughts, Sky? I don't even know where to start with this book. I felt like this book could have been broken down into like two parts, like a lot of the other books we have read where there was like a part one and a part two. And I feel like this one kind of could have been that too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, if I looked at it in that sense of if it was broken up into two parts, I was barely managing to get along through the first half, through, like, part one of the book. That, But the second half, like, it picked up for me. You know, a little more interested in it at that point. But, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Amanda? You don't seem super thrilled. I guess I... I love historical fiction. It's history is one of my favorite favorite subjects in school growing up. Loved it. And it's been a long time since I've touched on mythology and going through all those characters and those stories. So there were some things that maybe and maybe if I after I state my opinion, if I, you know, fresh up on my mythology and go back maybe I'll like it a little bit more but there were certain parts where the writing was very detailed and descriptive which I did not mind but I did find myself losing focus in multiple points in the first half so there were points where I had to go back and I was like I don't even remember what happened to where we got to this point and I have to reread certain sections which honestly it could have been just the week I had. Who who knows? But there were things that kind of lost me. I thought the beginning was very slow um, just to build that background of where she came from and how she was treated to her being exiled and shunned to her own island. Um, and then all the people that left her, like her brother, and then basically getting her heart broken for the first time and... All these things. And I think it was the the buildup of, oh, poor Cersei. Poor Cersei. Look what she's gone through. Which I didn't, I didn't mind that part of the story. It just was slow for me. Absolutely. It was hard for me to stay focused. And I did listen to the audiobook for most of this, um, which was very interesting because the reader was English and she had a very soft tone, which I guess I would imagine a god would would speak in a similar way if I had to pick, but it was, it was interesting, but I don't know. It just seemed, it was seemed very slow. I am 100% in agreement with that sentiment where it was extremely detailed. There was a lot of, it, it seemed like the verbiage was perfect for the setting, like the way mm-hmm. things were described, the way that, um, 
the characters talked. It was all perfect. Um, very descriptive, but it, yeah, I caught my mind wandering or like reading a few paragraphs and then not realizing that I got through them because I was just reading the words. I wasn't actually registering it Mm -hmm. because it was just a lot of setting the scene. Right. Um, or, or, you know, setting the storyline, but not a lot of something to get you in its grip. Right. And, um, that's exactly what the entire first half of the book was for me was just like trying to get through that and wondering when, when, when do we get to the, the plot? When mm-hmm. do we get to the point of the book? Because you, we're setting the scene this entire time and we're, we're piecing these bits together. But when do we get to, cause like most books are set on conflict resolution, right? some sort of thing like that. And I'm like, when do we get to the, the meat of this? Yeah. That's, that was another thing is because I felt like at one point I had gotten through about halfway through the book and I just stopped and I was like, I have no idea where this is going Yes, because there isn't like a set villain or a set problem. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, so I'm just learning about this person. It almost felt like an autobiography at that yeah. point where I was like, okay, so what's going to happen that makes this, you know, something's going on towards the end. Cause then I felt like, Oh, we only have like half this book to create a problem and solve it. If we even solve it, but it's a standalone book. So how do we not solve it? <laughs> exactly. There's a bunch of starts, but no continuation. Right. Like throughout the beginning of the book, you have a bunch of starts. You have, you know, just like a start of a relationship, you know, with a family member or with a lover or with, you know, even just um, something, you know, like that. There's just a bunch of starts, but mm-hmm. there's no continuation of anything until you get to like the midpoint of the book Yeah, that, you know, seems to start getting a plot around as opposed mm-hmm. to just laying the base. Which is interesting too, because I also don't think that with many of those starting points that there was also any closure either, because it <laughs> yes. was just people being like, no, I don't like you yes. or no, we're not going to actually face this. We're just going to send you off and let you be alone. Yeah. So I feel like like that's interesting. You say there are a lot of stars. I was like, actually, there weren't a lot of closures either. They were just kind of there, and then they just stopped. Yeah, lots of starts, a f- you know bit of a continuation, and really not many finishes. Yeah, was- Sky. Sorry, we kind of took over that part of the conversation. No, you guys are doing great. Um, I'm gonna be real. My issue with this book is we're we're touching on a character from one of the greatest stories ever told being, uh, the Odyssey, you know, the Iliad, Jessica, but I know you've read them. Oh boy. I have not read either of those. And, and I have the Odyssey on my bookshelf. I'll loan it to you. Thanks. It's fantastic. Oh, I believe it. I just was in a different course in high school than the course that had to read those. Mm-hmm. And I, so I just, it, I just skipped over it. I never read it because at that point in time, I was not a history person whatsoever. Yeah. I'm still not, but I, I like mythology at this point. So like I could. Yeah, those stories are good. All. And yeah. so I just, I've never, I've just never read them. Don't yeah. give me that look. <laughs> and Cersei in those stories is not portrayed as um, a decent being. And I feel like that's what we're trying to get to with this book. And it, to me, 
you know, I messaged Jess about about halfway through. I was like, this just doesn't to me tie in correctly to those stories. Like I feel it should. Was that the intention? So I'm sure it was because I mean, you know, Cersei plays such a small role in the Odyssey mm-hmm. with, um, gosh, <laughs> uh, Odysseus. But I mean, you know, that's what a majority of the end of this book is about is her time with him and then so on. And I just, I don't know. I just, I had a hard time because I wanted to tie the two together. And to me, they just didn't fit extremely well. And I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Well, and I can see where you're coming from like having read those and wanting to be able to tie them together. But I think the really interesting thing about mythology and the, the regular characters that are characters, you know, people, beings, whatever that are of those stories, you know, they're, they're always the same characters, the same, whatever, whatever you want to call them. They're always the same their stories, their tales are always the same, what what happened in their tale. But the way that they are written by every different author that writes about these mythological characters, it's all going to be different because it's all, you know, the story could be the same, but the way that they are written can be completely different. Mm-hmm. Like, their, you know, the demeanor and the, the little mannerisms and things like that can all be completely different from author to author. So I can totally see where like you're wanting to be able to tie the two together, but where they, you know, completely different authors, you know, of course, um, (laughs) you know, only separated by what? (laughs) 2000 years. Yeah. Um, that you're not going to be able to tie those together because this author is writing Cersei in a completely different form, a completely different day and age, something focused on her, like, like totally different. I, I just feel like this book spent too much time trying to make Cersei the victim. And I don't, I don't want to sound, um, I um, like victim shaming. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, in her own right, she is a very, very powerful god who just makes dumb choices. I mean, and that's, I'm not trying to lead into other things in this book, but I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know. I, I was, I was very, very disappointed in this book. And I think the only reason I finished it is because I powered through it in three days. Well, let me direct your attention to what Alexander Alter from the New York Times said about this book. A bold and subversive retelling of the goddess's story that manages to be both epic and intimate in its scope, recasting the most infamous female figure from the Odyssey as a hero in her own right. Did you feel like she was a hero in this book? There was not one (laughs) point in this book that I was like, Cersei's a good a good person. The only maybe make maybe arguing towards the end with all the stuff that goes on with Athena, mm-hmm. maybe that point, 
But up until then, I kind of just thought she was, like, trying to figure it out as she went along. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess say maybe I could argue that stuff at the end about what goes on, which we'll talk about in a little bit. That she was, did the right thing, in a sense. She righted but, her own wrong, though. I mean, is that really a, a triumph for... I mean, that, looking at that in all situations, you know, writing something that you did wrong in general in life, yeah, that, that could be I guess considered that's a fair. triumph. Yeah. I mean, I should probably think before I speak sometimes. But. <laughs> but, but just how, I mean, you say, like, within the Odyssey, like I said, you know, like we mentioned, I have not read that, but you said that, you know, she's not painted to be a good person or but it's a very it's a very small portion of the story yes but so what i'm what i'm saying is what you are basing your opinions of this book are off of her snippet of a character in a different tale that that you you know no one's saying that is the right way that this character should be written no one's saying that you know this is the 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 baseline that you have to go by for these characters. Yeah, I'm curious to I'm curious I might have to go down this rabbit hole of what what she was using to base this book off of and base this character mm. off of. Like if there's additional stories about Cersei specifically that she was going off of to help create this character and base the story around. Or if she was just kind of like, oh, well, let's do this, let's do this. But what parts of it are actually true from other material? So I did actually do a little bit of research on Of course Cersei. you did, Sky. Of course you did. Good for you. Good. And there is not, I was gonna say, I hadn't, not a lot. I hadn't heard of many other stories of Cersei specifically. The problem is, is, you know, we have Homer who writes these two fantastic tales of adventure. And, you know, they're very, they're very human forward Mm -hmm. for a time when the gods were very prevalent um it's not until like maybe the 1900s that Cersei becomes this hot topic among other literature Mm -hmm. and people want to start writing books about her Mm -hmm. well the interesting part though too is you know the Iliad and the Odyssey they are coming I'm assuming both of them well, you said I haven't read them. Coming from a perspective of a mortal. And this is coming from a perspective of a goddess. You know, they're written from different perspectives as well. So you're going to get a different feel for each of them. Not just looking at, obviously, being different authors, but being different perspectives of beings. Can I can I state something that could potentially be controversial, but I don't mean it to be? I mean, do it. But even, so, I grew up in the church, went to a Christian school. So even, like, the Bible in itself... Like, they're all stories that were told and passed down until someone figured out how to write and how to write a story. So even, like, the first four books of the New Testament, it's the same story, but they're all written from four different perspectives. And there are details that are different. So I think, like, what you're saying, like, perspective does matter in that sense because... The Odyssey, like, those two stories, they were written from a human form while this one is a goddess. So I think that that, I mean, that does play a factor. There have been moments, older stories that have done similar things where multiple people have written the same thing from their view. 
so yeah it's looking along the same lines of you can you can have a child and somebody elderly you know experience the same thing and write something about it and it'd be completely different perspectives in it right so it's the atlantis debate right pretty much whether it's real or not pretty much that's a good movie (laughs) (laughs) so i mean i i i just didn't care for the book as a whole and so yeah and that's coming from a perspective of somebody that had read something prior and had something in their head and that's you know that's valid that's just the way your perspective came so Jess, what did you think going into the second half? Because you said it picked up a little bit for you. What were your thoughts with all that went on in the second half? Um, I think it just, it was able to keep my interest a little better because we finally had some um, storyline that we were continuing on and not just like starting and stopping it. So, you know, finally getting to the point um where we've got characters that stay around a little longer than just a chapter or two along with Cersei is, Mm -hmm. is it was easier for me to get into the story. Um, you know, in reading, reading books, I am like, I'm all for, um, connecting with characters. Like that's huge for me and being, being able to like, enjoy a book connect with the book is being able to connect with the characters on some sort of level or at least you know develop some sort of feelings towards them in a way and so when you've got the beginning of the book where it was just like you know brief interactions with somebody here or there and and not not so much of a of a building of anything but then um the second half of the book where we got to actually see some more characters in depth a little bit i think that you know helped a lot for my enjoyment of Mm -hmm. that section yeah there's some juicy things that happen in the second half i my favorite part of this book was the um daedalus section yeah Mm, yeah i mean to me that was the part that grabbed me the most where she gets called off and has to go help her sister birth the Minotaur. And I was like, this is just, I mean, you know, this in itself is a cool retelling of this story. Yeah. And he was about the only male character (laughs) in the book that I liked. That part was super interesting because when she, you know, they... Like cut her open, stitch her back yeah. up, and then all of a sudden, like you, they're just describing this creature that was she just gave birth to, and I'm like, what the hell is yeah. going on? Same. What is happening? And then she goes and tells them how, like, what had happened, and I was like, what are we reading? <laughs> this is so bizarre. It, at least, uh, is it Miller? Is that the author? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does a really good job of lining up the events to yes. how they're actually told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was so great, too, because, like, I, you know, obviously, I've, like, I've read other things that have, you know, quote-unquote, the Minotaur in it, and, and, and um, you know, situations that have to do with that, like, um, the demeanor, or, like, the maze, or anything like that, and so just being able to, like, connect it all back into this little tidbit in the story, I quite enjoyed that, also. I did read that part, though, and out loud, I actually said ew 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 
hate like like father like daughter i guess oh my gosh <laughs> hey you're not wrong oh man <laughs> they they really like their cows <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> but I mean, I think everything beyond that, it just to me was uh half assed retelling. Yeah, I thought the when when Odysseus is finally like introduced and they have their interaction and he's supposed to stay for the winter, ends up staying longer, and then you know, he tells a story how he actually has a wife and a child back home that are waiting for him. They're in the middle of a war. All these things. And he finally leaves. I was really bored. And I wanted that <laughs> I wanted that to be more than what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just felt like after he left that her finding out she was pregnant was very predictable. And the I was pregnancy like, oh. trope. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> okay, awesome. And then... When her son goes to see his dad, Mm -hmm. he's just been gone. Yes. And then the whole thing with the the spear and the the stinger from a stingray, right? Tail. Yeah. That was that was kind of bizarre to me because I was like, oh, interesting. And let's just wrap it so he has a weapon Mm -hmm. because why not? And then I kind of felt bad because when he comes back and he said, yeah, I I saw him and he attacked me and accidentally killed himself, I immediately thought of Steve Irwin. And I felt really bad about it. Oh, my goodness. I know. And I was just like, oh, that's really sad. Like, well, he died died for the same thing. It made me sad. And then I talked to Nick about it and he's like, Amanda, you shouldn't be thinking like that. And I was like, I know, but I did. And I feel awful. I know. I know. It's even like, funnier because I don't think it was like a, like a barb, like a stingray. I think it was literally the tail. Wasn't it? But I thought it had like the the venom or whatever at the end and that's what killed him. Okay, so remind me because it has been... A hot minute since I read the Odyssey. In the Odyssey, he he just gets killed by a stingray barb, right? That's what I thought. Yeah, that's oh. why I put the piece. I put that together because that's what I, that's what I envisioned it because of what was said in the Odyssey, right? Because I looked that back up because like is that is that actually right or is that something that's made up? But that was in the original story. But maybe I'm wrong. But that's what I thought. Regardless, that was my thought, and it was wrong, and I apologize. Because I did feel really bad. <laughs> yeah, see, that was one of those points where I, I was like, I mean, it's cool to take creative liberty and it, you know, it adds some flavor to it. But I think even at the point where um, Penelope comes back, she's like, well, yeah, he got the, the, the stingray barb killed him. That was on the spear or whatever. I think she said that mm-hmm. in Cersei, right? Yeah, she said something right along those lines. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought I did not see her coming back with, or Cersei's son coming back with Penelope and her child. Yeah, I, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, all I right. Didn't, I didn't We're all gonna live either. super happy on this island, just us. Awesome. 
See, but two in, women don't need no man. I'm saying. <laughs> in terms of actual Greek mythology, that does happen. Oh, yeah. They all come back, and then Penelope and uh, it's Tele Telegonus, right? I believe so. Yeah. It's, yeah. You guys will have to pardon us. We went over names beforehand, but they are. When you're reading this, well, especially the sons, they're like so similar in names. Yeah. Right. Well, and when you're reading this and not having any idea, you know, trying to get it all figured out properly, we're we're trying. So Penelope and, and Telegonus have children together. He, and I don't believe he leaves. Now, don't hold me to that 100% because my my Greek mythology is a little uh, rusty. And But, but at one point Cersei in my life, I love this. is still also. Yeah. So they just switch sons. Ew. Wait, say that again? Who has kids? <laughs> Penelope and Telegonus. Like Cersei's kid. Ew. Because <laughs> I thought it was gross when she went after, what's his face? Yeah, her lover's Tell son. a Tell a something. Telemachus. Tell a something number two. Yeah. <laughs> or number one. He's number one, really. Yeah. <laughs> the oldest. That's the first son by 15 years or whatever. Yeah. Because well, I thought I mean, that was, I don't know. The weird, uh, you, you know, it's definitely, it's not modern relationship I know, etiquette. I know. Um, as far as that goes. There were less people on earth at that point. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, the way that that any sort of relationship dynamic is portrayed in uh like within the gods and the goddesses and the titans and the you know they're all that's all gonna, there are of them i was them. gonna say so like the gods all... have how many kids with how many different people yeah right it's all so. over the place so right. i always thought that was like um like the Percy Jackson series, mm. because mm-hmm. it was like such a big deal. Like he's a demigod or oh whatever, and how his dad still loves his mom. And I was just like, you know, he doesn't care. You know, in like actual mythology, he does not care because he's got all these other women with all these other demigod children. Well, and that's that's just another situation of being able to write yeah, characters exactly. in a certain way exactly. as an author, mm-hmm. which I just I think is real interesting. I've read a lot of. Um, just interpret, you know, differently interpreted fantasy mythology books in the last year. And I think it's so interesting. Like that part was really interesting reading through Cersei. Um, even just like little bits here and there of different um, gods and goddesses and titans and all of that. Seeing them in a slightly different light to other books that I read. I just, I think that's real interesting. Mm-hmm. Being able to write the same character over and over again and them never being exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we get on to I guess, the whole Athena thing. She yeah. wants to kill telling me something number two <laughs> and then wants to send telling me something number one on this quest. <laughs> Guys, I can't. I can't right now. And so this is where I think that maybe her doing the right thing came forth here. To where she was protecting her son from Athena. So Athena was obsessed with Odysseus. Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. That he was her champion. Yeah. And so then... After Achilles, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so then when he died, it went to his oldest son, Telemachus, that she was then 
putting as her favored right. mortal. Correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. But then she had it out for son number two. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, essentially. And remind me, was that just because it was a son of Cersei? No, it's because he was fated to kill Odysseus. But I, he already did that, so she was just trying to kill him. Oh, I thought we were backtracking. No, we were bit. no because Athena, right after he was born, came to Cersei's that's right. island. That's right. That's right. That's right. It was right after. Yes. 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 So she because she put the kill... shield over the island to keep her out. Yeah. 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 So she wanted to kill him as a baby, so right. he wouldn't have a chance to kill Odysseus. Right. Yet again, I I think, I think my big problem with this book is. In in literature, we're so used to writing the Greek gods as the decent side and the Titans as the undecent side. Mm. Yeah. And this kind of really flips it on its head, right? Because I think every time a god other than uh, Hermes is mentioned, and even he is not, you know, a decent being in this. Yeah. Is we just shit on them, and and that's fine. I mean, you know, different different strokes, right? But you know, I don't honestly. I don't think either one, either the the gods, the, like the Olympians or the Titans, were painted in a good light in the book, um, except for the very beginning when Cersei idolized Helios. Nah, I. Are you talking about Helios or... um... Her dad, yeah. When she sat at his feet all the time and would hang on his every word, hoping to get a scrap of his attention. Mm -hmm. Who who was the titan that... Oh, Prometheus. Prometheus, thank you. I don't know why I was drawing a blank on that. Yeah, so I guess she she really idolized Prometheus, but but I think other than those, you know, the Helios instant instance at the beginning and then i guess prometheus just in general the entire book i don't think the titans were painted in a good light whatsoever either and then by the end of the book they were you know she was shitting on them as well (laughs) like so i don't i don't really think it's you know this book from her perspective the um the celebrated people were the mortals she always had the intrigue for them and, you know, wanted, you know, wanted to be amongst them, was excited to see them when she had never before. And so I don't think it really necessarily flips it because they're both not great from her perspective. Well, it's no Disney's Hercules, I'll tell you that. So. Which isn't even his name. Mm -hmm. Never watched that movie the same. Oh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Disney does that a lot, Yeah, though. But it was interesting because then she does talk about finding a way to, you know, turn herself into a mortal and things like that. She has, she gets together with telling me something number one and, which I just think is weird, but whatever. Do what you want. Do what you want. But, yeah, and then it ends with, oh, I lift the bowl up to my lips and... And drink. And I drank. So I seen. I totally read the end of this book wrong. Because I thought this whole section before that was 
the epilogue happened. to the book. I thought that's what was happening. And then as we're coming home from Indy today, Jess is like, I don't understand her. I, I was like, wait, wait a minute. This is the yeah. end of the book. I lift it up and I drink. So then what happened? I literally flipped the page expecting yes. more and there was nothing. Exactly. I expected another chapter yeah. of exactly then what happened yeah. after she drank the, the tonic or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. But but I guess, you know, what I what I said to Skylar was I guess it was just <clears> kind <throat> of in, you know, inference that we had to do of, you know, she we get the scene of her mixing up the tonic um, with the flowers that had bloomed from Kronos blood. And then, you know, we get the next scene, which is her going over what she hopes to have happen after Mm -hmm. drinking this of, of gaining her mortality and going through that life with um, Telemachus. And then, you know, we get the very last tiny scene of her, actually drinking it i was like you know i really would have liked for her to drink it and then that telling of what she expects to happen to be the part that actually happened and then that be the end Mm. i would have liked it better that way you know some people like the little bit of guesswork that's left at the end of a book you know it's really you know it is what it is I just assume that at the end of this book is the exact time that um, the Greek states the Greek states fell and Rome took over, and then all these gods were written oh off my and goodness. changed. <laughs> it I I didn't hate the end of this book. No, um, not at all. I think it's very fitting because you know there's the fight between. Her being a god titan and wanting to be mortal and finding her true self like she's done for Scylla and um, Gladios. So it's Glaucos. Glaucos. We're not talking about the portal games. (laughs) Isn't Gladios the the portal game character? It might be, but it's also Glados. It's also uh, a <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh card, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's Glaucos, but yeah. Glaucos. I, I believe it's... His name is Glucose. 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 Oh, so, and well. he was a real jerk. Yeah, gosh. Anyway. Well, showing, showing your true How character. much time you got to talk about the jerky characters in this book? Because there are so many of them. Like Pretty much all uh, of them, honestly. It was so like difficult at parts for me to come to terms with like the way that the characters just are because it just because I can't fathom that demeanor yeah Do you know what I mean like just like the parental way of things threw me off so bad because you know as as a parent it's just like but it's you know a totally different setting a totally different you know that's just how those characters in mythology are and you know this was not my favorite book yeah i was not a huge fan but i think a big part of it was because i didn't feel like there was a lot of character development from anybody like even cersei herself who mm-hmm. is i mean the book's named after her yeah like main character right she's just kind of like going about her life and 
you could probably argue that her character development was like her love for the mortals, but she always had a curiosity about them anyway. Yes. So to me, that's not much of a development. And everyone else was just a jerk the entire time and just proved to be more of a jerk as the book went on. Yep. So I think that was my issue is that I didn't see that character arc that I wanted to and that you normally see. And I shouldn't say normally because this book was not normal to what we have read thus far. Um, but I wanted that, I wanted that character arc more. I wanted there to be more of an internal battle between does she choose to stand next to the gods or does she choose to stand next to the mortals? And I felt like the only reason she made that choice was because of her son. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I just feel like there wasn't a lot development there. It was just a story. Yeah. Of things that happened. I agree. I agree. It didn't seem like it was, yeah, just, it just seemed like a, a goings on life story. Yeah. And I agree about the lack of like major character development. I mean, I think the most we saw developmental wise is her witchcraft. You know, we exactly. saw yeah. the development of her witchcraft, which so I. So development I, of a skill. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Not of a characteristic. Yeah. Well, and the and it's not just like a lot of books are only the from the beginning to the end are only at the course of a couple weeks or whatever. This is over thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. There was time. Right. And we still didn't get it. Right. Hot take. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So, it unfortunately, I think that this book was very hyped up and I went into it with high expectations and unfortunately was let down. Same. We were so excited about this. We were so excited going into this. It doesn't mean, because there is another book on our TBR by this author. Yeah. Song of Achilles. Which I, I am excited to hear that story. Yeah. Because I think that one will be good. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. But that one has also been a very book hyped. that has been very hyped, yes. Yeah. So maybe I just need to like diet down a little bit going into these books. Mm-hmm. So, but there's but, some of them I'm just very excited about. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I can't help well, it. Well, I mean, you know, that's okay. We can be excited so, about things, and we can be let down by things, and that's yeah. uh, that's yeah. okay. Low expectations, guys. Oh, get out of here. All right. All right. Anything else you guys want to add? Nope. Amanda's good. Jess. No, I think that was it for me. All right, well, let's rate it. So, um, I'm going to give it like a 3.25. I didn't... I what didn't, is with stop this? Stop with the quarter points. I like quarter points. No. I like quarter points. I'm rounding it up. That's, you did a 3.3, 3, all right. <laughs> um, it, it's not a hard read, in my opinion. You know, I, I read I read it in three days... And I think probably the faster you read this book, the <laughs> probably the probably the better it is. How much did you skim? <laughs> I didn't skim anything. I'm just Proud. kidding. Mm-hmm. Proud. But my big draw to it is the Greek mythology. And yes. you know, growing up there were two things that well, really three things that I loved. It was ancient Egypt, <gasps> Greek mythology. I love ancient Egypt. I literally studied mummification <laughs> for like two weeks for a whole project. Like I had examples. <laughs> I made things out of foam. It was very exciting. She learned how to mummify. I was like, you just got to, you know, go up the nose, crack the skull, crack the skull, <laughs> twist it around, pull it down. <laughs> so exciting. 
It's how you do it. I'll show you sometime. We, uh, when we were younger, we went down to the, uh, no, up to the Field Museum in Chicago and did the uh, Tutankhamen exhibit while he was there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I love that. Oh, so cool. Jealous. This is why she's my best friend. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, you know. So, ancient Egypt, Greek mythology, and what was the third one? Oh, dragons. <laughs> yeah. Dwagons. <laughs> Dwagons. You know. It explains a lot, really. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> You know, my dice collection downstairs is 80-some sets and... You know... Pretty math rocks. Pretty math rocks. Yeah. Jess? If you're making that face, you can at least make it that way. (laughs) I was looking at the book, and I'm just... I, like... (sighs) The cover's pretty. Yeah, the cover's beautiful. I am, I'm just, I'm going to go with 3.25. No, and you don't get that either. You can't take away my quarters. I can. Just thinking, Amanda. Hmm, I'm thinking a 3.4. Just because I think if I gave it another chance, I might like it a little bit more. might appreciate it a little bit more. Especially yeah. if I... Focused more on the description of the settings and things like that because those yes. things were very well written. I loved the scene, the set of the scenery and how she played everything out. Um, that was really nice. So there's no knock on her writing whatsoever. No, because her writing is beautiful. Yes, the story in itself, though. Yes, I wanted more out of it, but I went into it with very high expectations. So. I wasn't a fan of the story, but it is also very different, like I said, than anything we have read thus far. So maybe I just need to give it another chance down the road. We will see, but I'm going to stick with the 3.4 for now. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. I definitely think if I did a reread, I would appreciate it better because the writing was beautiful, but going through it at the beginning, it was just trying to keep up with yeah. what, what, wondering what was going on, yeah. but really it was just like setting the scene yeah so i'd appreciate the setting of the scene better i think this might have been a good book to read over the course of multiple weeks and not try to cram it into a week like we've been doing with these single books Mm -hmm. and you know maybe really really take your time with it yeah like relax really right ingest all the details yeah yeah i agree yep i get that well, guys, that was Circe by Madeline Miller. I think that book's still rated higher than the Throne of Glass since, you know, I've now gone back and edited that first episode. The first one? Sky rated the, the first Throne of Glass book as a 2.2. <laughs> I started what? I started this whole thing really harsh for Jeez. some of the stuff that we've been reading. We, we haven't hadn't gotten into Throne our group glass yet was at good. that point. Yeah. Throne of Glass was good. Throne it's of a- Glass was predictable and slow. You rated Throne of Glass the same as Cersei. Yeah, but I say those are <laughs> but I say those were about equal. I wouldn't give Throne of Glass a two though. It was yeah, good. No, yeah, Sky went what did into you give it really a, critical. What did you give Assassin's Blade then? I'll tell you in a few weeks when I get it edited down. I think you rated it like a two point one. I think it was just below Throne just of Glass. Just below Throne of Glass. I thought Throne of Glass was at least like 
a solid half point better than Assassin's Blade. <laughs> at the time, I, you know, look. At the when, time, we were we were really harsh on Assassin's Blade because at this point, I would change my rating. Oh, I agree. Mm. When we started doing this, I wanted to be harsh with my critiques. <laughs> yeah. I remember, Jess, you kept telling us, like, you don't have to base your rating on the last book. And I was like, mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The book one in a series does not have to determine what book two is going to be rated as. Like, Well, uh, nice segue. Maybe in this next series that is coming up, yes, we will do it differently. We are going to be reading next the Hunger Games series by Suzanne Collins. So that will be... The next four episodes, we will have The Hunger Games, then Catching Fire, then Mockingjay, and then we are going to read The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. This is one of those series that I've been, I'm looking forward to sitting down and going through. Because Jess loves them. Well, and what I'm excited about is I have read this series. Mm. Barring the... <laughs> so she's not going to reread no, it. No, 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 I am. <laughs> barring the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I haven't read that. I bought it as soon as it came out. I was excited to read it. I even told Skylar, I'm like, I will read this to you. We could read it together. Like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, he was not a reader. So he was like, Neh, I'm not really for it. But it's been sitting on my shelf for a few years now. And... Um, so I'm I'm curious to see how you guys feel about the books compared to the movies because we've all watched the movies, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, I think that'll be exciting, a little bit of a different way of perspective between all of us. Yeah. So. Well, this is on your best books to movies list. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Colton's okay. too, right? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. When we were on the call, guys. Yep. Okay. All right. I think I've, I've read. I think I read the first book, but I've never I've not read the whole series. But if I did read the first book, which I don't remember, it was like middle school. Yeah, long exactly. Time, long time. So. Yeah, because it, it. I don't remember when it came out. It came out when I was like in. I think it might have been oh eight. Oh eight sounds right. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I think. Yeah. So exciting stuff. That'll be fun. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to A Court of Books and Booze, our basement book club. Um, our reviews of Cersei. Our reviews of Cersei might have been a little harsh, but it, it's a good book. Check it out. Um, if you're interested in listening to any more podcasts, make sure to check out the Golden Mojo Network of podcasts. They have the Call Guys, Indiana Chiefs fans, Golden Image podcast, the Murder Nerds, and Tusop, the United States of Paranormal. So check them all out. All of them are fantastic. Otherwise, for us, you can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And at. And on Facebook and TikTok and YouTube and Instagram. <laughs> I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a whiteboard. I'm going to post it above the door. <laughs> that way all our socials are written on it. Be, oh, yeah. That's our Facebook, which I believe is. Uh, Just search A Court, a court of, of Books, Books and Booze. Booze. Pretty much on any of those handles and you're going to find us. A kebab. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. 
Thanks for listening. Catch you later. I'll read with you later.